Red means off, green means on. All the simple instructions. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I um, I don't have a teaching or something this morning. I just want to share my heart. And uh, what I see the Lord is doing, both in the natural and in the spirit. I think that it's really important that we approach the days that we're in rightly. Amen. I'm hearing a lot of you are sharing your dreams with me um, and sharing what the Lord is revealing to you. Dreams are really important. There are so many places in the word where God changed the course of history or the course of a life or the course of a nation or the course of a people through a dream that was revealed and made known. And so if you're having dreams in these days, write them down. And if you don't know their understanding or their interpretation, um, perhaps it's for another time, like next week or next month. But in any event, many of your dreams start off with um, confrontation or focusing on the past or who you were. And most of the dreams that I've been experience, that I've been, you've been sharing with me, all have a theme. And the theme has been there's something at the end that dramatically happens that's of God, like a deliverance like a setting free, like a loosening, like a, a launching forth, like a, 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 a new beginning. And when I look at what has happened uh, at Tabernacles, and I look at what has happened just in our lives in the past couple of weeks, when you pair that up with Tabernacles, it's important to hear, right? He said the most important thing in the Word is to hear. And when we think about the dreams and we think about... Uh, do you remember growing up when we were little kids, we role-played a lot? We role-played a lot. Uh, a lot of us wanted to think about, who, who, did, who, who did you want to be when you were little? I wanted to be a fireman at one point, wanted to be an airline pilot at one point, wanted to be a police officer at one point, right? We dream about who, we're, who we could be. We, dream, we always seem to dream about being older, right, than we are. We always seem to dream about uh, doing things that are beyond our age, right? I can remember uh, the first time I drove the farm tractor. I probably wasn't more than six years old. But then I thought I was ready to drive just about anything on the earth, right? Uh, remember wanting to drive a car. Remember wanting to drive anything, a boat. Right? We always want to aspire to do things that we're not quite ready to do yet. And I remember uh, even getting in a couple of accidents and thinking, wow, how did I do that? Right? Well, you know, as I think about these last couple of days, a uh, couple of weeks, just about the last month, the word that I keep hearing over and over again is stop trying to be like someone else. Stop trying to be what you think is the definition of something that you want to become. Maybe somebody else. Maybe somebody else's life. Maybe you wanted to be a dancer. 
Maybe you wanted to be an opera singer. Maybe you wanted to be a, a professional basketball player. Or I don't know what it is. But what the Lord is doing in the spirit amongst us in this family, and I have to believe that he's doing it really all over the earth, is he's bringing the assurance of who you are as an individual. He's strengthening your thoughts and your minds, even through the dreams and even through the places that you're sharing with each other. He's, started, he's, he's affirming who you are as an individual, not wanting to be like somebody else or something else, but okay with who you are. And then all of a sudden you begin to see him working in your life in places that you couldn't imagine. Amen? In the, in the, uh, you know, who do you see Jesus being? Some see him as a savior, right? He is. Some see him as a deliverer, and yes, he is. Uh, some see him as a prince of peace or a peacemaker. Some see him as a great intercessor. Some see him as the son of God, Right? Some see him as their friend. And I want to I wanna, um, talk this morning about being the friend of Jesus. Because as Jesus called the disciples together, there was a process and a pattern that they went through that I think everybody that comes to Christ may go through in some way, shape, or form. In the beginning, when he called the disciples together, he called them the children. He called them patium. He called them the young adults. He called them the ones that who gave, who their heart was connected to God. Their heart was connected to the spiritual things. But they were, in a sense, immature about the things of the spirit, of things of the kingdom. And that's not intended to belittle anybody. It's just describing the growth places that we go through as humans, right? I remember uh, when the word came at Tabernacles, it's the most important thing to hear. Well, many of you have been hearing God's voice. And sometimes it's like we're not sure. When we're young and we first started hearing it, and I re, I've been reminded so many times about Samuel. Samuel was a, a young child. He was taken to the house of God. He was given to the house of God as a servant uh, through Hannah, right? And he was living there. And he learned to do the things to serve the house that he was in. He was opening the doors very early in the morning. He was lighting the candles. He was functioning. He figured out a way to serve, even as young as he was. But he hadn't heard the voice of God. He wasn't aware of, of how to hear his voice and how to move in that sense. And as the story goes, he was sleeping one night, and because the, that, the house at the time was corrupt, remember? Eli's sons, God intended to kill them. Remember? Because they were corrupt. They weren't adhering to the laws of God. And they were using the people. And there was corruption. And Eli refused to correct it. And so God came along and, and said, I'm going to change this present situation. And he brought, brings a little child in. And in the middle of the night, God calls Samuel's name, Samuel. And so Samuel gets up and he goes into where Eli is sleeping. And he says, here I am. You called me, right? 
And Eli says, no, I didn't. I don't know what you're, what you're saying. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed, and a little while later, he hears the same voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And so Samuel gets up, and he goes back into Eli's room, and he says, here I am. You called me. Eli says, no, I didn't. Well, that happens several times. And the third time, Eli finally gets an understanding of what's going on. And he tells Samuel, he said, next time this happens, I want you to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. And I think that's where many of us are right now. Yes, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. What is it that you want to do? In... Um, when Jesus was talking with the disciples, a couple of weeks ago I was talking about John chapter 15, and I was talking about bearing fruit, and I was talking about remaining, abiding in the vine, remember? And I was talking about everyone who does not bear fruit is cast off, right? Well, at the end of that chapter, Jesus says something really interesting that I want to build on a little bit more. He goes to his disciples and he says, um, let me get there, uh, John chapter 15, if you want to follow along. He says, uh, this is my commandment. Uh, I'm in 15 chapter 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus is saying, I heard my father call you friends. And I heard, and you are not any longer my servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. And I think that's where we are right now. Jesus is calling the friends together to communicate with what he is doing. He says, the servants don't know what the master is doing, but I call you friends. Friends uh, have a tendency to be, if you only have three or four friends in a lifetime, that's extraordinary. If you have one friend in a lifetime, that's extraordinary. Many of you have many friends. And to share the intimate places and the love and the, and the togetherness and to the, the share the places of life. This is the place why Jesus called them the pation, the, the place of two to ten-year-olds. Because they were sharing something together with him that was precious. Friends, beloved, affection, love and emotion, friendship, right? They had this, these things in common. And Jesus said, I'm no longer calling you servants, I'm calling you friends. What an amazing that the Son of God would call us his friend. Friends of God. I find that extraordinary. And, and so as I um, start to think about that, <clears throat> start to think about really what was he saying? What was he doing? What, what was he setting up for? He was talking to the disciples and he said, you are my friends. You are my treasured friends. You are my valuable friends. I'm entrusting in you and sharing with you some of the secrets that the world doesn't even know. I'm confiding in you. I'm sharing with you something that's so intimate and so personal. 
for me that I have connection to my father and I, everything that I'm experiencing I want to share with you. This is what he was saying to the disciples. I want to share with you. I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. But at the same time, he didn't call them sons. He didn't call them the mature Huios, right? He called them the Pation, the, the disciples who were growing and beginning to understand their role. All through the word, when Jesus was ministering on the earth, there were so many things the disciples didn't understand. <clears throat> they, didn't have, <clears throat> they didn't have the capacity to understand what was happening at the highest level that God says is sonship. And so he was communicating them in the way that they could relate and understand. And there wasn't ever any condemnation in that. There wasn't any, ever any belittling in it. There wasn't ever any shame in Jesus meeting them where they're at. That's where we are now. Jesus comes to us with where we're at. And he wants to share the secret things and the, the places that are still mysteries in the earth. And he wants to communicate and he wants to say, friend, I want to share my heart with you. I want to share what I see going on with you. And then the interesting thing is a little bit later, when Jesus is nearing the cross, right, he's talking to them again. And so after the cross, in John chapter 21, let me just go over there. John chapter 21, if you remember, uh, the disciples were shocked. They had just experienced a change that they thought were going to change everything that they thought was going to unfold and take place, right? Things were not playing out as they had planned. Things were really shaken and upside down, and they didn't know how to, how to continue. And so some of them say, well, I'm going fishing. And they went fishing, and they're out by the sea, and they're fishing, and Jesus is there, and he decides that he's going to make breakfast for them on the, on the shore. And the disciples come in, and they have this conversation and the conversation uh, starts off in, he said, uh, Jesus said to them in verse 12, come, uh, he said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples and he, as he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? More than these. And so Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. You know that I love you. And he asks him again and a third time, do you love me? And Peter wasn't to the place yet of understanding what Jesus was really asking. He wasn't, he wasn't developed enough in his spiritual understanding to know what Jesus was really saying. Yes, I love you. I have affection for you. I have uh, admiration for you. I love you. I am sharing my thoughts. It was a, it was a sharing of um, from the standpoint of a younger 
son. It was from the standpoint of understanding, we heard about the word rhema during the feast, right? The rhema being the right now word of God, right? And what Jesus was saying is there is a depth of love that you're going to experience that is beyond where you are right now. And he was elevating the situation so it was obvious. Now these guys, uh, they started to grow very rapidly. And I think that's where we are in, in this place of where we find ourselves. We've experienced a loss of a, of a dear friend that goes back maybe 30 or 40 years. But in the loss, there's growth. And in the loss, there are new things coming and new beginnings and new understanding. As we look at ourselves and where we're at and we ask some simple questions, what impact have I made? What, what, what am, I on, am I on track to carry out what God has assigned for me to do, right? There's a word, there's a, a word love uh, that is... Uh, that is, um, yeah, very, I've lost my train of thought. There's, there's two words. There's, there's filio and there's agape. And where the disciples were was with the word filio. It's the, it's the feeling of love. It's the feeling of acceptance. It's the feeling of togetherness. But agape is the kind of love where now the relationship that you have with the other individuals, it's all about them. It's all about, it's not about what I can get. It's not about my understanding. Jesus said in the verse that I just read, to give his life. That's agape. And I think that's where we're going. We're in this transition period right now where we're developing in our maturity onto the adult sons. And I can see so many places in our body, in so many places that the Lord is touching and bringing the assurance and the hope. And so it's a little awkward this morning and a little bit maybe even distracting. But I take assurance that God is developing his people to take on a greater measure of authority a greater mantle, a greater understanding, one that has resolve and one that has commitment, that the filio kind of love, well, I just love coming to church. I just love singing. I just love the, all of the things that are tending to be for us as individuals. And we're, making, we're, we're starting to think differently. We're starting to process differently, making from the filio love to the agape love where it is all about somebody else. It's all about strengthening the people that you love, strengthening those that you have been sent in to their life to make, a, make, an, make an impact. You know, as I think about Kevin's life, I remember Kevin way back in high school running up and down the court, and that was when he was happiest the most and when I would see him. It wasn't on the bus or it wasn't in class or it wasn't in the hallways. He was the most happy when he was sowing into other people's lives and he was doing something for others. Yes, he was visible and yeah, he didn't. But in that place, Kevin, even at that time, was viewed as somebody who knew how to referee. 
And I remember being in, uh, after high school, going back to high school games where Kevin was refereeing, and he was on the sideline at this particular game doing the books and the, keeping track of the scoreboard with a scoreboard console. And every once in a while, the game would stop because there was something that happened, like a foul or something, and the referees didn't know how to call the error. And they would look over at Kevin, and they'd say, Kevin, what, what, what's this? How do, I, how do I categorize this? And every time, Kevin would say that. And that happened so many times in these particular settings. And he wasn't, like, all full of pride. He's just like, this is, this is what we need to do to keep this game going. And so as we, be, as we are making the transitions to, from this filial place to this agape place, I can already see places in the wisdom of God in penetrating the hearts of individuals where I want to grow up. I want to become the effective and the true son at the highest level that I can. I don't want to just dream about being a firefighter or being, being who I'm going to be when I grow up. I want to dream about my destiny. I want to dream about the Word of God. I want to dream about others to see them reach their highest potential. You see, that's where we're going as a body of people. That's where we're going as the bride of Christ. That's where we're going as a place of being able to affect a nation, being able to release a Word of God in a place of healing, a place of understanding. And so if you think... Uh, you know, that you're all grown up and ready to go. You may be all grown up naturally, but there is so much in God to learn and understand. And I'm amazed of how God is structuring the days that we're in. J.C. wanted to do a Bible study. And his Bible study, uh, it starts in two weeks. Uh, not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday after that, 6 to 8 o'clock. And so God put it on his heart to hold a Bible study for the basic things in Christianity, the basic things of, of how to understand the scriptures, of how to understand the days that we're in, how to understand who Jesus said he was, what it says about you as an individual. And I'm just so encouraged that God is bringing these, all of these places together and allowing us to experience growth and opportunity to mature in the realms of the Spirit that we would carry a higher anointing and a higher favor and a higher level of responsibility, that we can impact the world around us in a more substantial way. That's what the dreams are about. The dreams are about deliverance. The dreams are about new beginnings. And God wouldn't give those kinds of dreams and those kinds of understandings and the word that he released at Tabernacles if he wasn't committed to follow through and have them become our experience. Amen? A little awkward this morning, but it's still the heart of God. It's still his passion. It's still his focus. And Kevin may be dancing on the streets of gold, and he's not worried about how it's going to end up, because he knows how it's going to end up. He's not fighting anymore with the doubts and the insecurities. He's looking down on us saying, you can do this. The Jesus who is the Lord of all, is in control. He is unfolding things in our life to have us experience that kind of growth that is spoken about in your story. 
And so I want you to be aware in these days, don't just decide not to come to Bible study because you'd rather watch TV, right? You need to find a way to get here. You need to find a way to be a part. Same thing with the cornerstone. The cornerstone has been given into our lives so that we would grow into the adult sons. It's not going to happen by microwave on its own if we do nothing. We've got to spend time and effort into learning and understanding and praying and fasting. And if you don't, you will remain the Padion son of which you are right now. And there's no shame in that because you are a son. You have been saved. He lives inside of you. And that is by far a, 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 a irreplaceable, valuable, priceless but what he's saying in these days, I'm looking for growth in my sons. I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for those that want to shoulder a mantle that I so much want to give them. I want to cause them to grow in places of understanding and revelation, in places of what is happening in the spirit realm. I want them to understand more about the spirit realm than they do the natural realm. I want them to make a transition and begin to understand, to come into a room and affect the atmosphere of the room. I want them to walk as those, as those mature children. And so if you want that, you have to spend time and do something about it. It's not going to come by doing the same thing that you have done for all of the years of your life thus far. It's not going to come that way. It comes by faith of you stepping out, of you, of you uh, putting yourself in a position, God, teach me. And I'm going to move forward with what I know so far and expect you to see it because that's how we walk by faith. Yeah. It's a faith walk. And so I know that I am one, like many of you, my day begins at 4.30, 5 a.m., and I don't get home till 6.30 at night on most nights, but I still have to find time to spend with the Lord, to ask him, God, I want to be a mature son. I want to be an individual where the story that is written about me plays out to its fullest degree, and I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I left part of my life unanswered and unfulfilled because I decided to live for myself decided to live in that place of love, and it is love, but it was a love not at the highest level, where I gave myself to him. And it's a little bit of a fearful place. It's a little bit scary. It's a, I'm just sharing with you. This, the word doesn't say that. I'm sharing my personal emotions. It's a little bit scary place to know that the mantle that is coming upon you is more than you can handle. It's too big for you. But the assurance is Jesus, who called you to be the son at the full-grown level. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And the work that I started in you, I will be faithful to complete. And so I want to encourage every single one of you as we're on this growth, 
as, as we're in this growth setting, right? You've got to do something about it. That's your responsibility. And if you think that I kind of know everything there is to know, what can I get by coming to a Bible study where they're talking about basic things? Don't let pride rob you from the opportunity to be with others and to share a faith and to share an opportunity like the disciples did on that beach. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? I love you. Then focus on somebody else. Focus on my people. Focus on the people who don't know me. It's a scary place. I'm personally very challenged in that. But I know it's God. And so I'm going to respond. And God, I'm expecting to see you in this. I'm expecting to see the insecure places that I'm struggling with be less and less and less. You told me at the beginning of the year, I'm bringing, I'm dealing with fear in these days. And fear is coming down. Because fear prevents people from really stepping out in the places where God is offering us right now. Amen? Amen. Amen.